Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Witty Writing Show. Um, do you know what? You could be watching from anywhere right now because I've been sharing all over the place. It's great. But welcome. It's a beautiful Thursday afternoon, and I'm here with the amazing, I can't say that enough, amazing Glenn Dolgren. Hello, Glenn. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always a fun right. time. Oh my God, I've been super excited because you're just about to release your second book. Da, da, da. And it's gorgeous, Glenn. I have to show it. I actually just mm -hmm. got the uh, the proof in yesterday. And oh, so that's what it looks like. That it's is, uh, Game of War. It is stunning. Yeah. Oh, I'm nice. really happy with how it came out. Oh, I'm so excited because I, I've been following you since since we became friends and obviously we did our last interview. And, oh, my God, your reviews for book one were, are amazing. And that's that's The Child of Chaos. Yeah. And Piers... Piers, um, Piers Anthony. Piers Anthony. That's, yeah, that's, that's The Child of Chaos. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'll show everything. <laughs> But yeah, you're you're talking about the uh, the cover quote. Um, this is what fantasy fiction should be from Pierce Anthony. I was um, I, I I almost dropped over when I got that review from him, and it was a review full of quotes like that. I don't know why, but he really really connected with the material. He really loved it, and uh, and that was sort of the launch of of um, my writing career at that point. Uh, do you know what? I'm not surprised that he connected with it so well. Um, uh, and for him to say something so profound as this is what fantasy should be like, I mean, what a compliment. That I couldn't believe it. I can <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, you could have knocked me over with a feather when I read that. I, I almost hyperventilated. It was amazing. Do you know what? That must have given you so much incentive to then just go full on into book two. Because, I mean, you can't get better motivation than that, can you? I mean, that's it, awesome. Well, I mean, I got it even before book one released. So um, it actually gave me incentive to keep moving forward. Because before you release anything, you never know. You know, yeah. it's it's just you and maybe some um, beta readers. And, you know, and you're hoping for the best. You've connected with a few people. But you have no idea if it's going to connect with more and more and more people, which is what you need to do. And that gave me enough confidence that I was able to move forward. Actually, he just recently got the, the hardback. I sent him a hardback and he said, it was beautiful, it's on his shelf now. That was really gratifying to know it's on Piers Anthony's shelf. In pride of place, I think that's lovely. I mean, wow, that's such a compliment. We've got people jumping on, hello everybody. Please say hello. Um, Heather's always, she was straight in there. My friend Heather Skinner, who, who's, who runs a book club, she was straight in there. Look, she says, hi, Beth and Glenn. Hello. Hello. Hi, darling. Hello. And kisses to, to Gemma as always. Um, if anybody has got any questions, please let us know. Just put them in the comments. That'd be fantastic. And then I could pop them on the screen. Um, but it's been an amazing journey for you. I mean, oh, my gosh. Not only are you just about to release The Game of War, but you actually created your own audio book as well for The Child of Chaos. That's a big feat in itself, Glenn. <laughs> well, um, I was I was really uh, um, it was it was a huge challenge to make that, um, and I learned a lot. And it took a fair amount of time because I had nothing. I had no hardware. I had no experience. I had no nothing. Um, and so when I got to the end of that, I had learned so much that 
I was able to make the audiobook for the Game of War for release, and it is available today. So what? it actually came out before the release. I was really happy with Audible that they pulled the trigger on it, and so it's it's out now. And uh, and people seem to like it so far. Um, uh, you know, I don't have any reviews, so anybody who would like to, please listen and review. But uh, but I have a lot of fun with it. I did a lot of um, voice direction and acting back in my computer game days, and so. I, I got a bunch of auditions. Um, people, you know, sent me um, their versions of the script that I uh, I sent out, and I was like, I could do this. I, I I think I think I will actually kick myself if I don't do this, because I know when I'm voice directing, nobody knows the material better than the author. Nobody yeah. knows the intention behind the the characters and what why they're saying what they're saying. And so I knew. I had to do it, and and again, reaction has been really good. People seem to like the performance, so I'm I'm going to keep doing it. I think it's fantastic. I love the fact that you were sharing your your audio book journey as well, because I saw photographs of you and you you're making. It <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, Glenn. I really did because do you know what? There are so many authors out there, you know, like myself, who just don't have the funds to to pay out all that money to get everything done for for us so seeing you being successful doing your own audiobook was so motivational and inspiring it really was fantastic I, I, I think that's that's exactly why I posted that stuff because I think I recorded my um, my book for under two hundred dollars um, and yeah. that's bec it's because I was lucky I had some of the hardware I didn't even know that I had some I had to look back in storage and dig everything out but I had a Mac I had a walk-in closet, which I was really lucky, and I didn't even know why people did that until I read an article somewhere where they mentioned, "Hey, closets are great for uh, for voice recording because the the uh, the clothes just absorb all the sound." And so, yeah, my family would just wonder where I disappeared to for hours at a time, and but I was in the closet. Actually, just recently, my daughter walked into the the walk-in closet, saw my upset, and was like, "What the heck?" Because she never goes in there. She didn't realize I, <laughs> what it looked like. That is hilarious. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try and talk you into maybe doing some segments about recording in your your audiobook journey, maybe for the Write Better Author Smarter group, because it would be really, really awesome for you to be able to give some, you know, just some tips and advice that you've discovered during that journey. You know, that would be absolutely awesome. But you did. Exactly. I gotta. I gotta say, I am not an audio engineer. I know just enough to get through to the other end, but it's like the, the recipe you need to use in order to get your raw audio edited. Editing is probably 90% of the effort, honestly. Yeah. And then take that and then manipulate it such that ACX will accept it. That There's a lot of steps in there and it's it kind of hocus pocus, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out, okay, what won't make the, the thing trip? We'll make the automatic filters trip and say, no, your your me median volume is too low or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, I managed to, to get it all all without and with a lot less effort than I did the first time. I did more automation this time. And so I, I, I'm learning every time I do a project. That's amazing. I think that's the main thing, isn't it? And I keep saying to the, that to the authors that I work with, something new always seems daunting the first time. But the more you do it, the less daunting it is. Nine times out of ten. It's the fear of the unknown, isn't mm. it? And then when yeah, you absolutely, talk, absolutely. When you I talk, had yeah, I yeah. had authors telling me not to do it. They were saying, you know, um, focus your energy on writing. You know, get more books out there, 
And, you know, don't worry about this, this monumental task that you're worried about trying to get, because who knows how long it's going to take. But I, again, I knew I would kick myself if I didn't, because it's just too much fun. I mean, I'm, I'm too much of a ham. I really want to get in there and voice those, those characters. And, and, and why should I let someone else have the fun? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I've got so much admiration for you. Honestly, it's amazing. I've got to ask you, though, Glenn, did you, when you was reading your audio books, did you read them as you was telling somebody a story or were you doing the character voices as well? Uh, so, so I did both, obviously, as my narrator voice is very different from my character voices. Right. And, and I have I have a lot of character. I had way more character voices in me than I knew that I had. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, what does this guy sound like? Because he's got to sound different from everybody else. And I have to admit, I even threw in a few accents in there. That's not my proudest moment, but I hope that people will accept them. I figure if the acting is good enough, yeah, and the and the voice is different enough from everyone else who's speaking, then people will forgive me if my accent isn't great. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I think you're amazing. I've got the memory of a goldfish. I've got to tell you. <laughs> Some things will stick in my brain, other things in, out. And I don't know whether I would be able to remember all the different voices of my characters if I tried to do it myself. Because <laughs> my memory's that bad. I, I swear to you, Glenn, I don't know whether it's just because I've had four children or whether it's because of the menopause or whatever. But I can literally go from one room to the next and think, what the hell am I in here for? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've, I've got a couple of sort of archetypes of voices in my head, and I put certain characters into those archetypes, and I know exactly how to slip into those archetypes. Like, yeah. I've got even a keyword for each archetype that I say before I say the line. And I'll tell you, the key to actually having a good read on a line is doing it twice. I, I read almost every line twice, and I always take in the second take. Because the first time you're doing it, and you're like, okay, I, I, I knew the line, but now I really know it because I read it. Now yeah. I'm reading it again as I really should have. And That's so a very good tip. That's a very good tip. And, and also doing the having the sample voices. Um, I, I know there's quite a few actors that actually do that. They have recordings of the sample voice. So mm -hmm. all, you know, they will have a collection of sample voices for the for their characters so they can just listen to it repeat it and it's basically how you do it um, well we we did that actually when we were doing computer games we had people come in and record things that they would listen to in order to trigger their voice and trigger their memories about what those voices were um for me it, it wasn't quite necessary because i was doing so much in one time i wouldn't forget but i did have key phrases that would just put my brain in that mode yeah uh, like i have a guy you wouldn't i don't know if you'd actually in your brain think of him as a super dude but that's kind of how his voice is so every, before he said anything he'd always go dude and that would just put me in the right frame to, to start saying his lines oh my god and, and in this latest one i have one uh, who's absolutely a pirate and i always go Arr! right before i start talking <laughs> i am so glad to buy both of these audiobooks they sound fantastic honestly i'm so excited i really am We've got more people joining us. We've got James. Um, James says, greetings on and all. Hello, James. Hi, James. Actually, James, you're a winner, winner, because your name was picked out in the draw for last week's uh, Witty Writers Show. So you've won a signed copy of Stephen Manchester's book. So congratulations. There we go. I will. You, you'll have to message me with your address so I can pass it on to Stephen. But congratulations, my darling. Um, we've also got 
Sherry, Sherry says, have you ever had any surprises happen at a book signing? Oh, that's a good one. So my biggest surprise is that my book signing didn't happen because of COVID. I had a launch party already at my local library, which was a beautiful, the library in Walnut Creek, which has like a coffee shop and two levels. And it's, it was wonderful. I was actually thinking about having a band there for my launch party, but, um, but everything closed down because of COVID. So my first signing is actually going to be on September 11th um, at a store called the Book Depot, the Railroad Book Depot in Pittsburgh, California. Um, and they're really nice people. I, I love them to death. Uh, one of the first people to pick up my book and put it on their shelves. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to being there. And actually, uh, I'm going to be giving out my new swag, my uh, <laughs> my new uh, double-sided um, bookmarks. They are um, stunning. They are absolutely stunning. Honestly, I, I'm in love with your book covers, I have to say, because they're both absolutely beautiful. Uh, can we just have a quick look at, at the Child of Chaos cover, if you've, if you've got it at hand? The, this one? There we go. Look at that. They're both stunning. And yeah, I've got to say, when I went to redesign them, I was kind of looking for, I wanted to make sure that I hit my audience better than I did before. And so I was thinking, okay, YA fantasy, how do I do that? let's focus on an object, you know, let's make it simple. And then um, I said, okay, let's focus on the dice and maybe let's do some, you know, crazy stuff around it, some kind of border. And I was trying to fit in with, you know, a lot of those other books that kind of do the same thing. And then, you know, I said, the dice look like crates. They look huge. So I yeah. need something in there to establish scale. And so I said, let's put the, the hand under there and see what that looks like. And let's put some magic on it. And then let's get rid of that border because it's not really helping at all. And we ended up with a simple image, but it's really compelling. It really draws you in. And and what's weird is I was trying to be like every other cover, YA cover that's out there. And then I end up like none of them. So, <laughs> but I'm happy. I like being, yeah, I like being different. I just want to be, I just want to make sure it sells. So yeah. that's the number one, but I'm really actually happy to be different. And yeah. then, and because of that, because we established the hand um, with the object, you know, that's why this one came out the way it is. Um, the hand interacting with the shield. Um, this is actually the activation plate of the uh, the testing at um, the uh, at the Temple of Wars uh, wow. testing ceremony, and it's it's a real scene in, in the book, and it's uh, it's it's really cool. It's one of my favorite scenes in the book. It, they're both absolutely gorgeous, I have to say, and, and I'm really glad you went down that route. I really am because I think a lot of authors forget that. You know, when people are looking through books, they're looking at a white screen and they're going to zoom in with their eyes on whatever's going to pop out the most. So you've got to, you know, and I always say this to the authors that I work with, you've got to imagine somebody scrolling down Amazon or, you know, Barnes and Noble or whatever. And they're looking at all these book images, literally in a big row. And yours has got to go, ta-da, I'm here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. You have to stand out because, you know, especially with the, you know, the COVID and everything else, we don't know how long online shopping is going to be, you know, the norm because everybody's still doing so much of it. So you have to now market as if it's all online. It, but even if it's not, even if you're on a shelf, you need to stand out. You exactly. need to be, you, you need to attract attention because I'm on shelves and I want to make sure that if you pass by my cover, 
Um, you see yeah, mom. Yeah. yeah. And you, and you're like, well, that's interesting. What's going on there? I, I, let me learn more about what's going on with that story. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I think Stephanie Myers with her book, the twilight books really emphasize the fact that sometimes less can be a lot more because her books are very much like that. Aren't they? The black backgrounds with it, it the image just popping out from, from, you know, from the, the cover page. It, it's amazing. And, and I'd never seen covers like hers that were just simple but powerful. And yours are very much like that. They're very powerful. And I love the font. Your yeah. font. It is gorgeous. And the moment I saw that, Glenn, I could just imagine it on a T-shirt and a hat. And I'm like, I mean, you know, I'm like, you know, straight away, <laughs> I'm not thinking sales and marketing. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, the visual image on a T-shirt and merchandise was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. Sooner or later, I'm going to have to do all of that. And I've got book number three already designed in my head. I know exactly what it's supposed to look like. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. You're on such a journey, Glenn. You really, really are. We, we've got so many people that have popped on and given comments. Let me have a look. Okay. I, um, while, you're, while you're looking, I just wanted to mention that the people who designed, um, who illustrated this cover, um, is Mibble Art. Um, and they actually, I have thrown a ton of authors their direction because once people see these covers like where can i get that too and my yeah. experience with them I, I won't go too long about them has just been outstanding they are really inexpensive i mean like to the point where i'm like wondering you know how they make their money but they're but they're pro really professional they um the and they have unlimited changes they um they let you keep the source and um and they're really quick um they're very responsive and so I'm I just I'm overjoyed with my experience with working with them. That's fantastic. Maybe if you don't mind, I'm obviously we get a lot of authors joining in for the show. Um, if you wouldn't mind, maybe you could put their link in the comments. Uh, sure, it's it's mibbleart m i b l art dot com, and also I'm a referrer. Um, it, it doesn't really help me at this point because I've referred so many people that I don't have any more discounts to use. Um, <laughs> but if you use my name, if you tell them that. You uh, you heard about from Glenn Dahlgren? You will get fifteen percent off, oh, which is kind of incredible given they're already you know affordable prices. I sound like a commercial, but I mean I've just been really really happy with them. But you know what? I think it's it's great for authors like ourselves to actually share good people to work with because that's one of the battles, isn't it? When you especially if you're self-published, is finding professional, reasonable people to work with who are just as driven as we are and yeah. as, as professional as we are. I, I, I'm sure you're the same, Glenn. I've heard so many horror stories. Um, I mean, one of the clients that I work with, she was paying over $300 for her book covers. Um, and I'm, I was thinking, oh, no, no, we need to change this. And I, I, I literally managed to, to, to put her onto my designer um, and, and she saved over $200. You know, with and she got a cover that she absolutely loved. So sharing that sort of information is invaluable. Yeah, um, because uh, my, I, when I so I was looking for new covers at one point, and I was finding people over a thousand dollars for yeah. you know, and I really wanted a nice cover, and so I was looking at these people, but there's no way I wanted to invest that kind of money into into a cover. And I got to say, for everything that I got through them, I got um, in my ebook 
my paperback, my hardback, my um, audiobook, my um, those bookmarks, um, and um, one other thing I think, uh, all of those things for under three hundred dollars. That is amazing to get all of that. That is amazing. I mean, what a difference! Yeah. Wow. They're they're in the Ukraine, and so I think that's why. That's one of the reasons they can keep their costs down. And they have, I think they have young artists coming in, but they have enough quality control that, you know, the end result is really amazing. And if it's not, you can tell them keep going yeah. until it is. Exactly. And that's the difference, isn't it? You've got to make sure that you're happy with it because otherwise you're never going to be happy with it. You might as well get it right the first time exactly how you want it because otherwise you're going to be always miserable about your book and that's not good. It's that's supposed right. to be a happy experience. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Right, let's have a look. We've got some more people popping up and saying hello. So, oh, Sherry, this was um this was supposed to have been earlier. Um, she said hello to both. Uh, hello. Josephine's joined us from Devon. Hello, darling. I, I, it's amazing. She's keeping her eyes open, I have to say. She's staying up very, very late. Um, Joe says, I have a tough time losing my NYC accent when reading. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough because some accents are super strong. Um, I, I'm I'm really lucky in that I don't have much of an accent. Um, cool. I was born in Washington State, went to um, Pennsylvania, and in that being raised in those places, I, I'm pretty uh, vanilla way of speaking, which allows me to layer on stuff. Um, yeah. So that helps. Yeah, if you have a really strong accent, it's it's tough to get rid of that yeah. it, it is tough it's funny because i used to do voiceovers for a company back in the uk um and i could do like a like a russian type accent um i could do like a german i was quite good at doing french but you try and give me an american accent to do i am useless <laughs> my husband can do so many and when we was in new york he he literally sounded like a new yorker he was funny as hell we'd be walking down like you know uh, the sidewalk and, and he'd start going on yeah i'm walking here and all this shit. I'm like, oh, God, dude, I'm but he nails it he can do the scottish accent the irish accent and i'm thinking you know if i do an audio book i might have to hire my husband to do the voices i i gotta say that's the one thing that i really would have liked some help on is uh female characters yeah i do them but there it's not my it's not my best uh, characters voices. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm on hand if you need female voices. <laughs> as long as they're not a met, not, you know, a New Yorker, so I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James says cool. Okay, so he's pleased that he's a winner. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Sherry says your cover looks great. Well, thank Look you very much. Nation mark. So she's very, very impressed. Um, we've also got Terza. She says, hi, guys. Sorry I'm late. I love different. Me too, Terza. Me too. And don't worry. We, as long as you're here, that's all that matters. Um, Joe says, do you self-publish? I, I do. I think I told this story last time I was here, maybe. But I originally was with a small press. And um, this was right when COVID was starting. And because the market was changing, they decided to eliminate all print books they were going to go entirely ebook wow. and i mean i think they still were planning to do it but it was a really an afterthought and the and i think 
the, the way I, I describe it is the point of doing this, especially your debut novel, is not to make a ton of money. You're not going to make a ton of money, um, not not unless you get some big break. Um, your point is to actually make a book and hold your book and give your book to somebody and sign your book to somebody, and hand it to somebody who really wants to read it. And so if that's all gone, then it just becomes about business. And that's not why people write. So that was kind of um, the deciding factor for me. And so I left, I had to learn a lot about self-publishing, but um, I did it. I'm still learning. Everybody is still learning this, this, you know, this business is very uh, ever changing. Um, yeah. But, um, but I think I, I got a handle on it enough that I feel confident when I have a new release to put out there. Um, so, and I'm really, really happy that I have control of it. I have control of the cover. I have control of the marketing. I have control of the message. I have control of the rights. I mean, I'm a game designer. One of these days, especially with Game of War, I want to play that thing as a computer game. And yeah. at that point, I will have the rights and I will be able to get in there and help design it. That's just fantastic. Do you know, there's so many benefits of being a self-published author. And, and, I, and I say that because obviously, you know, I, I'm a self-published author myself and you're right. You never stop learning. Every week you're learning something new from somebody else or an article or whatever. And I'm like you, I'm very driven and I try to keep up with the market and the changes and everything else. I'm very surprised that your original small press was walking away so much from, from physical books because for a lot of readers, that's part of the experience is they want to smell the book, hold the book. They want to connect with the, you know, the author. They want to go and meet the author and do book signings and, and go to conventions. And for a lot of readers, that's the whole point of the book world. Um, so I'm blown away by that. I don't think that was a very smart move on their part. However, because I've had so many horror stories and, you know, a couple of my clients uh, are currently trying to get themselves out of contracts with small presses. I have to say, I would rather self-publish any day over going with a small press. Yeah, there's a lot of authors that feel that being published is their end goal. And so it almost doesn't matter. The business aspects of it don't matter. The rights aspect of it don't matter. The fact that someone has published their book is kind of what's most important for them. Yeah. And, and, I, and especially people who are just not interested you know, in the whole self-publishing arena and what it takes to, to self-publish. Because it's a different mental activity than writing. It's, it's completely different. It's a whole, you need another side of your brain uh, for that yeah, sort of thing. It, so I, 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 I totally get it. I just don't agree with it. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to small publishers. Obviously, traditional publishing, if you manage to land an agent, you manage to get to a, um, you know, one of the big five, that is a completely different road and, oh, yeah. and, and has a lot of its own benefits. But for sort of the world of small press, you know, it is for some people and it's just not for others. And for me, it's just not. I have too much of the entrepreneur in me that I want to make. I want to, you know, have my destiny in my hands. I, I agree. And one of the, the one of the biggest things that I see regularly is a lot of these small presses price the books of their authors so high um, and, and that just blows my mind and, I th and I'm sure they do it to cover their inflated costs of, you know, yeah. but the books don't sell because who's going to buy a book that's $3 more than a bestseller. I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to 
make any assumptions about the um, uh, the um, the reasons that some of these companies are doing this, but I suspect that uh, some small presses are acting as vanity presses in that case because what they're doing is they're pricing their um, their print versions at a really inflated uh, rate in order to sell to the author because those are the people who really really want those books. Yeah, and, but it's and as well, e ebooks. Uh, oh well, I I don't know about that. That that's crazy. Why would why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I had one author reach out to me and he said, I don't know what's going on. My books aren't selling them with this press, you know, small press, blah, blah, blah. And I went straight onto Amazon and I'm Googling and researching all this. And they literally had the ebook priced up $2 more than the paperback. Uh, I said, that, well, this is why I mean, you're not selling. <laughs> cost of goods doesn't make any sense there. No. No, I don't know, maybe they've looked at traditional publishing prices and they've decided, you know, that's the thing they want to chase because they want to feel important. I don't know. Oh, I, it was bizarre. It that's was crazy. Absolutely bizarre. Anyway, Sherry says, love your book covers. She well, thank you. Loves and loves and loves them. Um, Sherry says, book covers are definitely what get my attention to take a look at the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, oh, and she says, you guys are fun to people. Oh, thank you, darling. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, Joe says, voice goes up at the end for female characters. That's interesting. That is for some female characters. <laughs> yeah. I have noticed uh, uh, the Australian accent. They tend to, I've uh, got my friend, Liana, um, who runs Slump Dunk. Oops, try again. Slam Dunk's luscious reads i'll get there in a minute um and how, when i'm talking to her i notice that she goes up as she's as she's talking well the valley girl accent goes up because everything's a question <laughs> <laughs> that's what i know about that oh my gosh I don't, it's amazing and do you know what what amazes me i mean obviously america is so huge i can totally understand why there are so many different accents i can totally understand that However, you can fit England inside of Alabama. It's that small. I mean, it's the tiniest country ever. Um, and yet we've probably got just as many, if not more, accents than America. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, you listen to somebody from, I mean, for example, when I was born and brought up in Plymouth in Devon, I sounded like a country bumpkin. All right, my dear, how are you doing, my lover? And that's how I was brought up. <laughs> And then when I moved to Manchester, it it, it was totally different. Are you? See ya. I'm like, this sounds like a foreign language to me. What on earth is everyone saying? You know? But it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And the only thing I think that's made, created that is the fact that obviously back in the olden days, as my kids would say, when I was young, they would normally add, um, you know, obviously people didn't travel much. Because mm, right. it was all like horses and horse and carts and stuff like that. So it, it blows my mind, all the different accents. It really well, does. And that's very true of America. I mean, there are people, yeah. especially in the South, that never leave their home state. No. I, that was shocking for me when I first moved to South Carolina, because we spent five years there. And the deep South accents, I could not understand a word of. Because not only were they strong, but they were so fast. All I would hear was, 
<laughs> and I thought my, weird having to ask them to repeat it because they were talking so fast. Uh huh. My my wife has trouble with uh, you know, deep South accents as well. She mm -hmm. comes from Italy, yeah. and uh, and she's got a very unique accent. It's it's. Uh, I mean, she was she got a lot of instruction in England, um, so people don't really kind of get her accent. They always have to ask her where she's from. So yeah. She has to explain that she was born and bred in Italy. Wow, I bet she's got a beautiful accent. I love, I love the French accent. I could li literally listen to somebody who's French all day, and just be like, "This is lovely." <laughs> I absolutely love it. I really, really do. Let's have a look. Okay, um, James says, "Is it MIBL, as in the company who did your covers?" Yep. Um, he says, I can't find a company I like for covers. Most are so hard to communicate with. There we go. We will share the link for you, James, so you can have a look later on. Um, and I'll also add the link for my lady as well. So you've got, you'll have two decent people to, to, to choose from. Um, Joe says, Troy Bookmakers. Oh, okay. So is that a good company or a bad one, Joe? <laughs> I'm assuming it's a recommendation. Are you warning us or saying you come up? <laughs> Troy is his slang for stay away. Terza <laughs> says, oh my God, yes. When I first came over to the UK, I didn't understand anyone. And I was asking people to work things down. But it's hilarious. Terza, you'll have to let us know which part of the UK you were. Um, because if you was up in like Newcastle or somewhere like that, then I can totally understand. Because Or I'm which which part... Um... Uh, when she came over to the UK. Oh, gotcha. Yes. She'll yeah, have yeah. to know whereabouts she went. That is so funny. Uh, James says, you have a Cockney Liverpool and then the Queen. Exactly. Exactly. The Cockney accent, Liverpoolian accent is so strong. And then obviously the Queen right. is proper English. Right. Well, then you have Welsh, right? Oh, yeah. The Welsh is in a league of its own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, they've still got their own language. Right. And, and right. I Actually, in recent years, they started reintroducing the Welsh language to their school curriculum oh, to wow. preserve it, which I think is is brilliant. And I think most people have seen that really long road sign um, of one of the towns, and it's like glug, 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 and it's <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't know how you say it. It's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous, but um, Terza says I love Spanish accent and Spanish language. I Oh, wish I could speak it too, LOL. I did try for a while because my, my my daughter married a really fabulous Mexican man and all his family just speak Spanish. And I thought, oh, if my daughter's marrying him, I better try and learn. Well, we don't get to see each other very often. So by the time I see them, I, I can't remember what I have to say. <laughs> didn't work out too good. It didn't go. Never mind. Uh, Joe said, oh, Okay, so Troy Bookmakers is very good. So that's an endorsement. Thank you, Joe. We appreciate that. We really, really do. Uh, Terza says she was in Andover in Hampshire. Um, oh, my gosh. Well, definitely don't go to Liverpool then, because if you were struggling with a Hampshire accent, <laughs> you will definitely struggle anywhere else. Bless her. Um, oh, and then she went East End as well, which is very Cockney. Uh, East End in London, very, very Cockney. That is amazing. Um now, I have to say, Glenn, not only are you launching this fabulous new book, The Game of War, but you've also got some other offers and, um, and stuff going yes. on, haven't you? 
Yes. Yeah. This is going to be a big week. Um, uh, not only because I'm taking my daughter to college for the first time, actually on my launch day. It wasn't oh supposed to be God. that way, but it ended up being that way. So I'm going to be on the road when my book launches. So it's going to be an exciting day anyway. Wow. But I'm doing sort of a big celebration for the launch of the book. Um, and one of the biggest things is, um, so this book, The Child of Chaos, um, will be free for five days, starting the, the launch date, um, 829 of the Game of War. Um, I've never done free, and I actually wasn't intending to do free, but there was a problem with my re-up with KU, and I was trying to do a, a sale, but I couldn't. So they said, well, one thing you could do is free. So I said, all right, fine, that's what I'm doing. So I'm making it free for five days. Anyone who wants oh, to read Child of Chaos should jump on this because I won't I won't be doing this very often. No, so go to go to Amazon, cool. get Child of Chaos during those five days. And that's um, only I'm just gonna stress that that is ebook only. <laughs> that's ebook only, yes. Um, however, if you do want um, the either a paperback or a signed paperback or a signed hardback, I am giving a deal just to listeners of um, the Witty Writers Show. Um, you can go to my web store and use Witty Writers, uh, the coupon code Witty Writers, all caps, all one word, um, to get 15% off anything, anything in the store. And that includes the, um, the new book, uh, Game of War. Uh, oh, so soft copy um, or hard, hard copy um, signed. And tell me if you want a nice message, and I'd be happy to. And, and of course, um, you know, get one of these two. <laughs> that, is amazing. that is so cool glenn you are the best ever because don't forget we got halloween coming up and then before we know it it's going to be you know thanksgiving and christmas so now would be the if you've got teenagers anybody if you've got yes male or female because of everyone loves glenn's books it's not just you know teenage boys is everybody loves Glenn's books and, and that, yeah actually a lot of adults most of the people reading them are adults they're yeah. it's intended for YA but it's it's uh, lots of, it's it's a really broad audience people like who like fantasy like these books um, all, good Glenn they are, <laughs> honestly they are such good books uh, you know and and I, I can't recommend them enough and honestly if anybody's got any teenagers that they normally buy for, grab signed copies of Glenn's books via his website because they will make fantastic gifts for birthdays, Christmas, anything. Honestly, they are beautiful books and amazing stories. So you want to grab them. Um, I always, I love seeing anybody read, especially teenagers, because it gets them, you know, doing something else and involving their brain for a little while. <laughs> Uh, you can you can find a link to my store at mysterium.blog. Um, the actual web store is mysteriummerchandise.bigcartel.com. But mysterium.blog is easier to remember. Yeah, and um, I think I might have added that link to the video. Good. Hopefully. I will check afterwards. <laughs> and um, I, I've also got some more deals. Um, also, the these are the last few days before launch. If you get if you want to pre-order the ebook for Game of War, it is it's um, a, a discounted right now on Amazon. Um, so that price is going to go away on launch. So jump jump in there and get it while you can. If none of this sounds good to you, but you still want a Game of War um, um, paperback, I'm doing a giveaway on Goodreads right now, and that also will resolve on launch day on 8:29. So jump into that. Go to Goodreads. You'll find I've got five copies 
of the the paperback um, to give away. And so that there's there's always that possibility too. You get you get it there. Um, and then I would just say uh, for those who want the e or the audiobook, uh, grab it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a deal for that right now. I can't really do a deal for through Audible, but um, if you do have an Audible account, I would suggest it. Um, people do seem to like the performance. There was even a, like one or two people who weren't too excited about the story, but they gave a five for, for performance. So they liked my performance, but everybody else liked the story. So <laughs> lots of people do. That, that sounds like a win-win to me. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. And it just goes to show how professionally you've done it as well. That is absolutely amazing. I, I'm, I'm just super excited for you. I really, really am. And I can't wait until I can say to my daughter, hey, Abby, do you want to play a game of war? <laughs> she's an absolute gamer, honestly. When I was when I was writing it, I so wanted to play it. I mean, I was writing all the rules and everything, and it's like this this would be perfect. I just really wanted to get in there and play it. And and that honestly is a lot of people come back and say it's their favorite part of the book um, because there's a lot of really interesting twists and things to figure out, and it's it's a lot of fun. I think it's brilliant. I already read. Maybe you should do like um like a game trailer to help promote your book a game trailer you mean a, a game like trailer yes yeah because that would be really really cool advertising for your books yeah and, i'd love to do that and, and if the right person sees it they might go oh this looks like it could be a really good game uh, <laughs> and then when they google you they'll discover that you actually did that for a living <laughs> actually something that is interesting is so one of the games i made was based on wheel of time which was the um based on the uh, uh the robert jordan books yes. Wheel of time and that is being turned into a tv series and that's out this november wow. and it's getting a lot of attention right now um because it looks like it's going to be really good and it's sort of potentially the next big fantasy thing on TV. Wow. Um, and so I've been, I, I've been on the Dusty Wheel Show, which is a podcast, which is all about Wheel of Time. Um, I'm being asked to, to come back again. But they are putting a lot of focus on that game right now. And so it's you know, interesting to see what might happen there. But those people, the producers, the executive producers of the TV show, are interested in chatting. So you never know what might, uh, what might happen there. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what? It would be brilliant. And, and the thing is, you're you're one of those type of authors, Glenn, who doesn't just wait for a good thing to happen. You actually create opportunity for good things to happen. You, you know, and I love that because I'm very much the same. I don't sit and wait for luck to, you know, find me. I actually push forward and constantly do steps to try and help things you know, transpire and everything. But that's the way you've got to be, isn't it, in this business? Yeah. You have to connect with the right people, make yourself seen, make yourself heard of, um, to, to keep that momentum going. And, it, and it's working because your reviews are just phenomenal. I have some really wonderful ARC readers and beta readers, and I'm, I'm so glad to, to have them involved. It's, uh, yeah. It makes all the difference when you release with reviews for people who genuinely like the product, um, yeah. and they are able to express it in a way that other people can uh, get it. They understand why they should also read it. Um, and so I'm, I'm really uh, grateful um, to those people. Oh, do you know, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? I don't think our beta readers and test readers realize how valuable and important they are to us not not only for you know our books and everything else but to us oh they're, absolutely 
so appreciated. Um, and, and I'm like you, I'm always saying, oh, thank you so much, because I yeah. don't mean it, you know, because because that support is just golden. Yeah, I, I never hold back. I let them know. They're doing me a favor by reading my yeah. book, not the other way around. Yeah. Oh, I agree. There's one little tip I will say for our new authors out there. Um, when you are looking for beta readers and test readers, don't don't give out your, your copies until it's as perfect as possible. And I say that because otherwise you will get the odd one or two, if not more, who will do a review straight on Goodreads or Amazon and start talking about your errors that you haven't got to yet. <laughs> so always, always make sure your, your, your book is as perfect as you possibly can get it before you send it out to you. Well, well definitely for ARC readers. Beta readers, it depends on your level of trust with them because some beta readers can give you incredible advice and you don't want to wait until you're completely done with the book for, to yeah. have them yeah. give you feedback. But ARC readers, absolutely. You will hear about all the errors that slip through any editing or anything else, which is yeah. actually a good thing. Um, I, I, had, I went through two editors for different things on this book and I still found typos and things. And even beyond once I recorded the audiobook, which is the best possible way to look for errors, they still found a couple of things that I was able to change. So thank God for ARC readers. They really, really do help. They do. They really do save your bacon. But that, but do you know what? I always read my manuscripts. When I'm editing, I actually read it out loud. Um, because you're right. It's amazing yeah. what you find. Um, but even sometimes it's just a case of moving, you know, your comma over just to make that section sound more dramatic or you know less dramatic you know or a bit softer and a little bit smoother you know sometimes it's not until you read it out loud that you realize mm, this needs to change a little bit yeah Just absolutely the right effect. it's it's amazing isn't it is there any tips or advice i mean obviously you've learned so much since you went down the self-publishing path is there anything that you would really emphasize that is that you've learned that is super important for other authors to know? Um, I think for everything that I do, you have to allow yourself the room to make mistakes. You have to allow, let your first draft suck um, because for everything, I'm talking about the audiobook or the, your, you know, the book that you're writing or your first attempt at making an ad, you know, it all can't has to be able to suck because you can't fix it unless something exists. And yeah. if you don't let yourself do something, I, I tell this to my, my game design students all the time. Um, it's a, you know, it's actually an anecdote that I usually tell where there's a producer who comes into um, a, a musical and all the dancers and, uh, um, and musicians are just standing around and the, uh, the choreographer is just sitting there with his head in his hands and, he, and the producer comes up and says, what's going on? We're losing money. Nobody's doing anything. And he said, I lost my my uh, uh, my camera. You're fine. Don't worry. Don't, don't <laughs> right there, folks. I ge I gestured too much. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's what happens when I get in teaching mode. <laughs> well, All right. There we go. There, woo! I was scared because it, it fell be it fell behind the desk, so I wasn't <laughs> sure if I was going to be able to get it back. Anyway, he says. Uh, um, what's going on? And the, the, uh, the choreographer says, I just, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, do something so we can change it. 
And that's yeah. exactly the way you have, have to look at everything. It's like, I it's agree. okay, make it suck. You know, as long as you get something on paper, because you're going to look at it and go, that's not right. And yeah. then you're going to figure out where it needs to evolve to. Exactly. Um, I think Neil Gaiman said your first draft is your outline, effectively. Your second draft is what your first draft <coughs> should have been once you understand what the story is. And then awesome. your third draft is what you can actually start showing to people. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that because at the end of the day, I think too, too many writers overthink everything rather than just do it. And, yep. and you're right, until you do it, you can't figure out where it, which direction it needs to go. And nine times out of 10, our characters tell us where it needs to go once we put their voice on paper. That's exactly right. I always have an outline. I'm not someone, I'm not a pantser. I can't just write from nothing. But I, I look, I use the outline as a, like a map and I'm giving my map to my characters. I'm saying, follow this map, please. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they go, no, I want to go over there. <laughs> yeah. When they say, no, that's not right. This is really what needs to happen. I'm like, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing isn't it, how imaginary people know better than we do. Yeah. They're living it. We're, we're just along for the ride. Exactly. It's part of being a writer. That is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, there we go. Sherry says you are an awesome giver. <laughs> oh, so she's blown away by all your, your offers for our viewers um sherry says i can definitely hear your passion i love my books and i cherish them as we all should definitely <laughs> definitely um oh there we go proves, <laughs> proves we're live that's true james that is so true there we go i tell you well, anything goes on the witty writers i love it um <laughs> Joe says, stop day dreaming I, I, I think he meant day drinking and i think he needs to stop day drinking <laughs> because <laughs> Otherwise, he could have typed that right. <laughs> that is, oh my God, it's so funny. And Tessa says, my characters never do as they're told. I have the same problem, Tessa. I really, really do. Well, you know, you know, it's a really good example of a character kind of having a life of his own. And that is, I wrote Child of Chaos, and there was a character in there named Dantes, Priest of War. And he told me he needed his own book. And that's one of the reasons that I did Game of War. I mean, I knew there was a lot more to him than what he was showing me um, because, you know, he's a priest of war and priest of war. Why is he interacting with the child of chaos? That, why is he helping him? That doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. priests are by definition, you know, drawn to order. They're driven by rules. And so why is he doing this? I needed to understand that before I went on to the sequel. And so I went deep into, into his background and pretty much explain that. And what I made, a lot of the, the thinking that I was doing about the sequel got put into the Game of War, the prequel. And so the sequel ends up actually kind of being a sequel to the Game of War as much as it is, is a, a sequel to A Child of Chaos. So while, even though it's a standalone, and what's nice is both of those books are entry points into the universe. You can read either one of them um, in any order and that's fine, but both are required reading for going into book two. So <laughs> do it at your leisure, but read them both. I, I think that's absolutely amazing. I, I really, really do. Before, uh, time's nearly running out. Can we see the new, the new covers again? Yes, absolutely. Stunning. I absolutely love them. Look at so that. So this is the Child of Chaos. Um, it is gorgeous. Yeah. I love, the, I love the little dice as the, uh, the divider there. I love yeah. little touches like that. And I know <laughs> I'm not the only one because there's a huge following on, on just book covers. Yeah. And people love it. Like, and this is the Game of War. 
and uh, we have a little shield. And actually, the shield, um, I was I was so happy with that I used it inside as well for um, the section dividers. So that is nice. See, yeah. that's a nice touch. That really, really is. I love books that have little touches like that. It just makes them like it just makes them feel extra special. <laughs> it does. It really, really does. Uh, Terza says um, the books come out much better for the insubordination, though. So I cannot be upset with with them for so long. Yeah, so, absolutely. She forgives her, her characters for their cheekiness, which is one. Nice. Of, one of the things I learned about game development is you have to leave room for discovery always yeah. because you have you never know exactly what's going to be fun until you're playing it and so things come out of development that you never expected the same is true for writing you know something's going to happen something's going to occur to you maybe even be a joke that occurs to you that changes the whole layout of your story i've had to in both books i had to rewrite the beginning like three times because i learned more about what was going on and that influenced what had to happen before oh my gosh i have so been there i really really have. <laughs> Because you're right, as your characters develop, and then all of a sudden they tell you, well, actually, I'm like this. Or actually, I have this trait. And you're thinking to yourself, where on earth did that come from? And you're right, then you have to go back and you have to show little hints of that character and traits, you know, so it builds up to it. And it, there's a lot of backwards and forth and you're going all over the place. <laughs> but it is so worth it. And your books are just gorgeous. They absolutely are gorgeous. So, so just to let everybody know, there is an ebook giveaway at the moment on Amazon for the Child of Chaos. So you can download that for free. Only uh, on launch day, starting launch day on eight Yeah, and it's um, so it's not for very long. So you need to grab that quick. And if you want signed copies, etc., you can do that through Glenn's website, and I'm sure I've got the link on there as well. Also, you can get fifteen percent discount with the discount code witty writers um so all of these offers are on you're like i'm in my element right now i'm like this is like a right party um so make sure you go to glenn's website and everything and amazon to get all these deals and as i said if you want signed copies now's the time to do it they make amazing gifts and you get a discount too it's like a win 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 all over Glenn, you are so awesome. I have so enjoyed today. I'm so glad that I'm intact today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the first time I was supposed to interview Glenn, I decided to go and break my ankle on the day, literally. And you was my first portal. <laughs> I was ringing Glenn as I'm telling my yep. daughter to go and find crutches and ice and stuff like that. And I, I was the one letting everybody else know about your state. <laughs> Was my phone tree. <laughs> I was your phone tree. <laughs> <laughs> you were absolutely amazing, Glenn, honestly. And I, I, I'm so excited to just see you keep going up and up and up in your journey. It's just absolutely amazing. But thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you will come back and join me when uh, the next one comes out. Absolutely. I ha always have a blast here. It is awesome. It is awesome. And we'll have yet another party because I quite like these parties. They're quite good fun. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. Don't forget to join us next week. We've got more interviews coming. Um, we've also got Mark Gottlieb, who's coming back on the show on the 2nd of September to talk about what we should be doing while we're writing our books. 
Um, and I've got some exciting news, Glenn, because the chairman, Robert Gottlieb of Trident Media, has, has, has asked to come on the show. So we've got Robert coming on as well. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm excited. So keep posted, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, as always, please share Glenn's interview and you will win something nice for next week. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Glenn. And we'll see thank you next time for the Sounds Witty Writer Show. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. Bye.